Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Manxiety Podcast. We're your hosts, Ashad and Matt. Before we get started, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe so you can get notified of new episodes. If you want to share this with your friends, you can find us on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Welcome back, everyone. This week, we're talking about, you guessed it, finances again, part three. Started off with the intro. Told you guys a little bit about, you know, getting a new job, interviewing, all that good stuff, how to make money, right? Now we're talking about budgeting and saving, how to properly allocate the money you've made and how to save it to, uh, you know, buy bigger things, potentially make some more money, make your money work for you. If any of you read that book that I recommended during the last one, Time Worth Spending, um, there's something called pay yourself first, right? It's a concept within the book. And uh, I mean, it talks about budgeting too, but pay yourself first. What that means is that when you get your paycheck, first thing you do is you pay yourself first because you're the most important person in your life. So don't forget that, you know, take 10% of your paycheck, put it into a savings account and then go and pay for all your you know, credit cards, and then see how much money you have to pay for other stuff, you know, all the stuff that aren't necessities. But don't forget to pay yourself first. It's very important. Have you paid yourself first this month, Matt? Yeah, I put aside 90% of my money into a fund called um, Fun Stuff. And it's just whatever fun stuff I want to do. That's that's how we're supposed to do it, right? That is the absolute wrong way. to budget or save by the way unless that fun stuff fund is for is a savings account that you're saving for doing some fun stuff once you've had you know saved enough for your emergency fund and other things gotta keep that in mind yeah actually on a a serious more serious note uh, i do do the same thing you're talking about i have a bunch of auto pay uh investments a bunch of auto pay to different accounts for savings uh, so when my paycheck comes in, I don't even see the money because when I check it, I think I'm always poor. <laughs> and then I realize, oh, okay, I actually, if I check my investing accounts and like I'm slowly building up some some retirement funds, um, you know, which would be great in the future and trying to live within my means now so that I have enough money to save for that future. Do you so do you put any money into savings, though? Uh, I have a separate like emergency fund set up. Okay, but like monthly, do you put any money into savings? No, it goes straight to investments because I'm already I'm already secure. Interesting. So yeah, see my um, the way I think about it is, you should always save money. Like I mean, of course, investing is also very important. We'll touch upon that in the next episode. But um, you know, investments can go up and down. Like, being a young guy, you know, you'll hold on to them long enough. Hopefully, they'll go back up. But uh, saving money is still very important because, you know, if you want to make a big purchase later, if you want to go on vacation later, once COVID is over, everyone's traveling all over the world, and you want to make sure you have some money saved up to be able to use for that. Um, but, you know, to each their own, whatever whatever works for you. I still recommend saving some money every month in addition to investing and doing all these other things. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be highly um, customizable customizable to your goals you know if you're somebody who right now is in a bunch of credit card debt 
and you're setting up your budget to tackle that debt, then the majority of your money is going to be going towards that debt, right? We, we at least hope so. Because it'll help you pay off the debt quicker, and then you'll be out of debt sooner, and then you can take that money and then decide savings or investment, you know, so on and so forth, right? Or maybe planning for a trip or whatever you want to do with it. But you you just want to make sure you're always ahead of the game with savings, right? And you know how much is coming in every month, how much is your your fixed expenses going out every month, and how much are your variable expenses. So when we talk about fixed expenses, we're talking about you know, you're paying $15 a month for Netflix and you're going to pay it every month, you know you're paying $15 to Netflix, right? You could very rent. easily go, yeah. right, rent is, Insurance. is fixed. Um, um, and basically, know, most of your necessities, I think, should be fixed, right? Netflix is definitely, definitely a necessity, <laughs> so it's, it's fixed. No, you're but right. I guess the, there, are, there are some variable ones, right? Uh, if you own a house, property tax, uh, in the sense that you pay it one time, it's not every monthly, usually how uh, people set it up. No, that's that's a fixed expense, more or less. Uh, whether you're paying it monthly or not, I mean, whether you're compounding or not, it's it's still pretty fixed. And the way that you should look into it is divide up your property tax into 12 and sort of save that much every month, right? Because when your property tax comes up, you're going to have to pay that much. So like, if it was like $12,000 a, a year, you would say put $1,000 as an expense every month. So that when it comes up, you have enough to pay for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I I, I messed that one up. I yeah, v- variable else. would be anything that changes. So like maybe your be like maybe gas. your groceries. Yeah, like gas, yeah, groceries, like gas, food, like shit that you know. You just generally figure out how much you are going to spend a month. Yeah, like gifts. Which, you know, not every you don't have birthdays or whatever every month. They need to buy gifts for so. You know, you might spend $20 this month on a birthday gift, but next month you have five birthdays, so you spend $120. That's a very variable You know expense. my birthday's coming up, pal, so when am I getting my gift? Have you have you planned this expense? Uh, Yeah, once you catch up on all the gifts that uh, I'm supposed to receive for all the birthdays you've missed, uh, I'll probably get you your own birthday gift, too. I don't think you've ever given me a birthday gift. You need to budget this immediately. Now, the problem with you giving me... A birthday gift is your birthday is two months after, <laughs> a little less than two months after. So and you're gonna regift it. I have to return the favor. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, I'll you know you give me a twenty dollar Chipotle gift card, I'll give you the same thing. You know, we're good. One of us yeah. will eat. <laughs> no, I I, I won't uh, fuel your uh, fast food eating habits by giving you gift cards of that sort. Is Chipotle considered fast food? Uh, how fast does, does it get made? Pretty quickly, but uh, then it's fast food. Okay. So I guess like, is the microwave fast food? Well, definitely. <laughs> what's the what's the level of discrepancy here? Where's the Usain Bolt of food? I mean, what do you mean? Like, if if it gets heated up that fast, then it's fast food, right? Like yeah, microwaveable stuff. Is Unless you're cooking it. Is cereal definitely. All right. Anyways, we're 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 getting <laughs> a little deep in the weeds here about this bullshit. Uh, so. You know, like we're saying, you need to know how much is coming in, how much is going out, and which of your expenses are going to change every every month, right? And the only, well, not the only way, but the, the biggest way to do this is to write it down when you're spending it or use a tool like mint.com. You know, you can use your actual checking account, your savings account. They're going to keep track of all your purchases because the majority of our purchases are digital right now, right? You're using a credit card, you get a, you get a digital receipt. If you're paying for everything in cash, it can be a little bit hard to track, but... There's some methods where, you know, if you're only going to spend $100 a month on food, like, for instance, you put it in an envelope marked food, and when that $100 is gone, you can't buy any more food. 
Now, if you're starving, you kind of need food. So, you know, then you're going to take money from the other envelope, right? And the other other one. But the scary thing when people think of budgeting is it does take a lot of time initially, but you have to figure out every single expense. And then you can start going, well, shit, I'm paying for Netflix. I'm paying for Hulu. I'm paying for Disney Plus, And I'm paying for uh, HBO Max. Yeah, like those four. And then that's when you got to go, hey, hey, a shot. Would you like to pay for HBO Max? And I'll give you my Hulu account. You know, it's the kind of millennial system where one person's got one login. Yeah, we, we don't condone then, doing that, by the way. That is uh, not legal. Uh, so we are definitely not condoning this behavior. We're just talking about what some people may be doing. Well, in, in a lot of them, they are you are allowed multiple accounts, multiple streams. Like in Netflix, I have the, the package that for, allows me for to For your family, yes. Yeah, yeah, which is... Yeah what i'm using it for like my sister's my on my login um <laughs> yeah yeah no we're, we're we're not doing anything illegal here don't worry i'm just saying some people do do things of right that nature. right i agree but no I, but, I totally agree um it, it does take time to set up and i've done this multiple times right like i've i've budgeted or looked at all my expenses and budgeted maybe every other year or, or whenever i have something big coming up right so well one if you go to Time Worth Spending and actually read the book, there's a section on budgeting where uh, you can see my name and uh, my budget when I was in college. So that's pretty cool. You can see what my budget looked like in college. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, I've also budgeted uh, when I graduated college, when I first started making money, when my wife and I were about to get married, and we did get married because now we had, you know, joint incomes and other things and more expenses because we were living together. Uh, we budgeted again when we bought, when we were planning on buying a new house, so quite recently. So it's not something that always stays, right? Depending on life events, you may have to take a look at your budget, change things, whatever it may be. But the way that I've always done it, and there's templates out there that you can you know, get online for free. If you have Excel, you can open up their template section. There's a whole bunch of budgeting templates there. There's apps. Um, like Matt said, you know, I, I charge everything to credit card because one, I'm protected. And we can talk a little bit about that later in a different episode. But two, it's easier to just track all of my expenses. So I just I pull up my statement for the month, right? I go through each line item and I put it into different categories and I decide what those categories are. And then I can see how much I spend on maybe groceries, maybe going out, um, gifts, right? Streaming services, entertainment, clothing, whatever it is. And then from there, we can find out one, it just gives you more uh, transparency into what you're spending your money on. But two, it allows you to budget and to figure out, do I really need to be spending, you know, $500 a month on eating out? Maybe I can spend $200 a month on eating out. And then that extra 300 I can allocate somewhere else, right? And it might make more sense for you. Yep. It's it's coming up with the goal of what you want to do with your finances, figuring out everything that's coming in, coming out, creating that budget, and then deciding where you're going to put that money. So, you know, pre, pre-COVID for lunch, I would go out, you know, okay, I'm just going to go grab something real quick. And a lot of times it would be like, Oh, let me just go stop by Taco Bell or whatever, right? Extremely variable expense based on how much I want to eat. 
whether uh-huh. I want to eat like five pounds of food or like two tacos. And when when I'm going through that, you know, you don't realize how quickly that adds up because if you're spending ten dollars roughly on average every day for lunch, that's three hundred bucks a month that you're just spending on lunch, and it's not even good for you, <laughs> right? right? I mean, it, it tastes good, but it's not good for your body, for sure. I mean, I think so, Taco Bell is supposed to be one of the better fast foods out there, though. So maybe it is relatively good for you. Uh, may, maybe compared to other fast foods, potentially. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, do, do your own research on that one. But, you know, so COVID happened, all this other shit, right? I'm, I'm at home more. I'm, I'm eating, basically making all my meals at home. All of a sudden, I have a ton of extra money. I'm going, how the... Am I getting paid more? Like, did, did my work make a mistake? And I, I looked through my budgets and I'm like, oh, I'm not eating eating out all the time. So I'm not <laughs> spending a ton of money and I'm not, you know, getting, oh, it's just 70 cents more for the for the large upgrade and the extra taco or whatever. So, um, you know, and because at that time I wasn't really tracking it because I'm like, okay, I know I'm making more money than I'm spending because every month I'm saving money. And I'm putting it away for investments and other things. So I'm like, okay, I'm good, right? But there would be months where, you know, I look at my credit card. I'm like, how the hell did I spend this much money? And then I look at it and I go, oh, right. I, I got new tires. Or, oh, I went to Costco and, like, I bought a bunch of food. Oh, uh, I was particularly month. hungry that day at Taco Bell. And I spent $200. Yeah. And <laughs> funny, funnily enough, there were a few nights where I would look at Taco Bell or, like, In-N-Out or something and I'm like, how the fuck did I spend $40 at Taco Bell? And then I look at it and it's a Saturday night. And I go, when did I, I went to Taco Bell last Saturday? And I'm like talking to my roommates like, yeah, dude, remember how we were like drunk and we ordered food and you were like, I'll pay for everybody because <laughs> that's just what I do when I get drunk. Yeah. And and my friends know this and they take advantage of it. I did not know this. And I was about to say I'll take advantage of it, but that would make me a bad friend. So I would never take advantage of you like that, Matt. It's okay. I used to do that all the time in college. Like, I would get really drunk and just buy everybody food because, like, I want people to be happy. So, once I once I realized some people were just leeching off me, then they didn't get free food anymore. But, you know what would make but, me happy, Matt? If you got me a new video card? Just, uh-huh. just letting you know. I know you said you like to make people happy, so just throwing sure. that out there. Sure. When, when stock's available, we can talk about it. You when know. stock's available? Yeah. Right now, you can't buy them. Yeah, you Not can. A lot of stock. Secondary market, man. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. But no, see I mean, the- that was an example of how not to budget your money. Because instead of buying a graphics card at retail value, he wants me to buy it on the aftermarket, not only for a fifty percent markup, but also give it away to him. <laughs> Don't do that if you can't afford it. If you can afford it and you want to be happy and healthy and, and make a good your friends friend. happy, then by all means spend your spend your money however you want. But um just know where it's going make sure it's within your budget constraints yep no i agree um yeah those, those are all very good points Matt. i mean you know when i sort of going back to something you said earlier when i first graduated college right and i started working in the workforce i had a lot of student debt credit card debt you know it took me a little bit of time to figure out what i want to do right because i've always you know i've always tried to save money like I said, I pay myself first all the time. But you really need to consider, is am I losing money by doing this, right? So w- what I did is I took a look at, all right, 
I'm putting money into a savings account, right? Let's say I was putting $200 per month to a savings account. And the savings account was only paying me the time maybe like 0.2%, right? So every year I was only making 0.2% on that money I was putting in there. But if I carried a balance on my credit card, I was getting charged 20%. So you can see how that, how, you know, putting money into savings, I was actually losing a lot of money, even though I was trying to pay as much as I can to my credit cards. So at the time, it made more sense <clears throat> to, as long as I had some money in my savings, right, for emergencies, to allocate the rest of my money straight to my credit cards, especially the high, you know, high percentage ones, and to pay it down. And it also made sense to me to do some balance transfers to be able to not pay any uh, um, any interest, right? So what I did is I basically combined a number of my credit cards into a single credit card uh, that had 0% on balance transfers for, I think, a year. And I was able to stop paying interest on those cards, even though I paid a small fee in the beginning. That fee was nominal. It was, it was less than what I would have paid uh, if I had, you know, kept the balance on all my cards. Put all my money into, you know, into this uh, new credit card. I had a year basically to pay it down without having to pay interest and spend more money. So, you know, there are there are a lot of different ways to um, play with credit, you know, to make it work for you. But a lot of it still does come down to budgeting. You know, if, if I hadn't budgeted, if I didn't uh, know how much I was spending on food and other things and how much I had left left over for the month. I, I wouldn't know that I could pay it off within the year. And then maybe once the year was up, you know, I start paying interest again and I start losing money again. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the three general, like, money, like, where you're spending your money, well, I guess four, is, like, just different expenses, right? Whatever that whatever that is, you categor- categorize it how you want, right? Is it food? Is it gas, et cetera? Um, you're you're going to be saving your money, you're going to be paying off debt or you're going to be investing it. And when you look at those different things, the best way to look at it is like, if I give you the example of if you have $100, so we're going to use an easy number. So you have $100. If you decide to go buy, you know, a graphics card with that $100, right? Well, your $100 is gone, but then you now have the graphics card, right? If that's worth it to you to buy it, then that's perfect, right? You budget for it. You're good. If you have $100 and you leave it in your bank account, and you're not making any money on it, not a savings, just a checking account. You're going to lose $1 to $2 every year to inflation, sometimes 3 right, depending. So at the end of next year, you really have the buying power. You still have $100, right? But you have the purchasing power of $98, dollars. $97, $99, right? Depending, right? It's going, to be, it's going to be variable. If you take that $100 and you put it into an investment and you make, let's say, 5% returns, now you will actually have $105 at the end of that year, right? But if you have a 20% interest uh, credit card and you leave that $100 charged to it, now you actually owe $120 if you've used that money to charge, right? So I spent $100 on my credit card. I owe 20% interest. Now I'm like 120. So when you look at that example, you're like, oh shit, like anything that's high interest rate, you should get rid of immediately if you can right? You pay off the minimums and then throw your, your extra money at that because, you know, it, it, and if it comes down to like 
purchasing a new graphics card right and you have the money and you've saved it up you're, you're fine right go ahead and do it but if you have like a ton of debt and that debt's at like 20 to 25 percent like some credit cards then it, then it kind of gets scary because a year later well shit technically i'm paying i'm not really paying a hundred dollars for the graphics card i'm paying 120 if you just let it sit there right and then you go okay but i'll, I'll pay it off in a year right so 120 is okay and then you go well, I an emergency came up, something happened. Now you didn't pay it off. Now, now you're building on that, and it's compounding further into more and more debt, which is how it's easy to snowball, right? And like a shot said, he looked at everything and said, "Okay, I'm going to allocate more funds here. I'm going to pay this one off first, and then I'm going to take advantage of diff- different programs like the zero percent interest, right? You just pay. I think it's like a two to three percent balance transfer fee, right? Yep. Usually, it's pretty low. It's either so instead s- of like paying a set number, or it's two to three percent of how much you're transferring. Right. So instead of paying 20%, you're now paying a 3% one-time fee to transfer it to 0%, but you just have to make sure your plan is to pay that off in that 18 months. So the thing with finances is you always want to be aware of what's going on. One, because there could be fraud in your account, right? If all of a sudden you see some purchase that you don't remember making, definitely inquire about it. That happens a lot with like my PayPal account because I'll buy... I'll buy like something on like eBay or something and like the, the purchaser is a weird thing and it's like actually... It's like, I, I didn't buy anything in Missouri. What the hell is going on? And like, oh, it's because that, you know, it sent it to this guy's account in Missouri and whatever or something, right? And like, okay, we're, we're fine. I actually did pay for this thing. Um, and even like as simple as, you know, if you order pizza and you tip, right? There are, there are cases of pizza places, rest, restaurants doing this where they will like add more to the tip. Like you tip five bucks and they put like, they, they turn the five into a six, and you're like, why did I spend $31? I always round up to like an even number or something. Um, so, you know, you should always just be aware of where that money's going. You don't have to examine everything like you're Detective Batman and you're trying to find financial crimes. But you should you should be aware of it. And you should be aware of how that money can either work for you or against you based on the situations, which will then allow you to figure out what your plan of attack is with your budget. Yep. And, uh, you know, you guys that are tuning in uh, that are new or ones that have been listening before probably thinking right now, you know, what does this have to do with anxiety? But what Matt just said, right? Having that credit card debt, that's snowballing and getting bigger and bigger. That's, that's a very big trigger to causing anxiety. Uh, You know, looking, opening up your bank account and seeing a high balance or seeing, you know, how much interest you're getting charged per month can, can cause a lot of anxiety in people. Um, because you know, you, you just feel like you're not getting anywhere, right? Like your, your money is just going nowhere. Maybe you don't have enough money left over to spend on things you want to spend it on, do things that you like to do because you know, you have this high credit card debt. So that's the reason we're talking about this to make sure that, you know, you don't get there. You don't have this other stressor, this other anxiety inducing, uh, thing in your life. And if, if you're there now, Hopefully, some of these things will help you, uh, you know, alleviate some of that anxiety, help you reduce some of that debt um, and, you know, get you in a better place. And, you know, both monetarily as well as mentally. Um, But no, all all very good points. Uh, Again, budgeting, you know, figure out your goal, figure out how much you're spending per month and then go from there. Um, there's other books out there on it. There's a bunch of resources online. So just look it up. Um, and if you need help, you know, reach out to us, uh, and, and we can help 
answer any questions or maybe even send you a template or, or whatever it is to, to help you get there. Um, as far as savings go though, so why save, right? Or like how, how does savings work? And a lot of people probably don't know exactly how savings work, right? Like Matt, how, do, how does a savings account work? Let's see. Let's see if you know how, how, how it works. Uh, which type? Just like a general savings account? Just like a regular savings account. How does it work? You put money in. Uh-huh. And the banks take that money. Uh-huh. And then they go and sell it to other people for loans. And they make more money off of the interest that they're earning. So then they pay you a small interest for borrow, basically for borrowing your money. That's very good. You actually know how it works. I actually thought this was a trick question. I was like, I, it, it I think wasn't. I know no, how no, this no. works. I was very no. concerned. I was walking into a trap. <laughs> no, no, no. A lot of people don't know that that's how that's how savings work, right? Uh, you know, you put your money into an account. The bank says, "All right, I'll pay you." I'm gonna use obviously made up numbers. I'll pay you one percent, right? So, Matt, I'm gonna pay you one percent. Your APY is one percent, right? Every year, I'll pay you one percent on the money that you put in here. And they do that in order to make sure that you keep your money in the account. So Matt puts in $100. At the end of the year, I'm going to give him an extra dollar. So he's going to have $101. Now, me as the bank, what do I do? I need to make money, right? I don't just, I, I don't just print money and give him a dollar every time. So I take Matt's $100, right? And I go over to, you know, I'll use my wife Andrea as an example. I go over to Andrea and I say, hey, Andrea, I'll lend you a hundred dollars but and i'll lend you a hundred dollars for a year but at the end of the year you're gonna have to give me five dollars right i'm gonna charge you five percent interest so then i give 100 andrea a hundred dollars she goes does whatever she needs makes payments to me at the end of the year i have 105 dollars as the bank i take one dollar out of that and i give it to matt and i made a profit of four dollars that's obviously a very simplified explanation, but that's how banks make money, and that's also how savings account works. Now you're thinking, well, why should I put money into a savings account, right, for the bank to make money? It's because, again, you're, you're letting your money work for you, right? If you left it in a checking account, if you put it under your mattress, like Matt said, you're losing money. Every year, inflation is causing you to lose money. However, put it into a savings account, you potentially decrease the amount of money you would have lost, right? If inflation was 3%, you made 1%. Well, now that only affected you at 2%. But sometimes, you know, their savings rates get very high. And, you know, like two years ago, saving or last year, no, two years ago, saving rates were around 2.6, 2.7. Well, inflation was only at like 1.9. So in that case, I actually made money by leaving it in my savings account. So... You know that it, it makes sense right that depending on what your strategy is what you're trying to do savings account definitely makes sense but also the other important thing for savings accounts is that unlike an investment investments can go up and down right they're very it's variable it's based on market factors it's based on performance of a company all, all of these different things whereas a savings account it's it's not going to go down unless you spend the money, right? It's always going to go up. So if you're planning on, well, before we get there, you should always have an emergency fund, right? 
And what an emergency fund is for is so that if something, if an emergency occurs, or if you lose your job, you have money to survive. And I think the generally recommended amount of time is six months, right, Matt? Six months worth of expenses? Yeah, usually about three to six months, depending on your uh, your like job security. Yeah. So, so once you start budgeting, right, and you figure out what your expenses are per month, you get that number, you multiply it by three or six, right? And then that's your goal. So you want to make sure that you have that much in your savings account, at least, in order to make sure that you're you're safe, that if something were to happen to your job or to happen to you, you have enough money to pay for it. But outside of just the emergency fund and that savings account, saving also helps you buy bigger things, right? For example, the graphics card. Graphics cards aren't $100 usually. Uh, they're four or $500, right? So if, if I only have $100 this month, I can't go and buy a, a graphics card unless you know I use a credit card and then there's the whole interest and all this other stuff. But if I save that $100 from this month, right? And then next month comes and I save that $100 from next month, five months down the line, I'll have the $500 I need to pay for that graphics card. And that's one of the biggest things for savings is saving up for a big purchase. So, you know, I just bought a house. How did I buy a house? You know, I, I, I didn't have a money printer sitting around printing me money. I didn't have uh, a credit card that I could charge all my down payment on. I mean, maybe I could have, I think my credit limit may be high enough, but would not make sense, right? Definitely don't do that. We saved, you know, I've been working for the last seven years, right? My wife as well. And we've been outside of, you know, budgeting, spending money on our necessities. We have, you know, separate budgets for stuff that we want to spend it on, right? Like a fun budget, sort of like Matt mentioned in the beginning, where every month I have a certain amount of money that I can spend on whatever I want. But outside of that, the rest of our money all goes to savings or all went to savings. And so over the course of those, you know, six or seven years, we built up enough money in our savings account to have to use as a down payment to buy a house. You know, if I want to buy a house seven years ago, I had zero dollars in my savings account. If I went to a lender with that, I would not have been able to purchase a house. So, you know, that's another big thing for savings, right? You, you build up this money to be able to make bigger purchases in the future. And, you know, some people may think, oh, I'll just invest it, I'll get more returns. But what happens if a year from now, or not even a year, what happens if you were putting all your money into an investment account last year thinking, oh, I'll just pull it out when I want to buy a house, right? And then pandemic happened and the stock market completely crashed. Well, your $100,000 just became $20,000. And unfortunately, you can't use $20,000 in Southern California to buy a house as a down payment. So let's keep that in mind, right? My, my, my thoughts on it are always investments are, they don't always have to be a gamble, but they're kind of like a gamble, right? Given enough time, they will go up. But if you're saving for something, you should be putting it into a savings account. And in addition to our savings account, we also had investment accounts, right? It wasn't like I was putting everything into savings because investments are also very important too. 
and they help grow your your wealth a little bit faster even though they can drop especially if you're young over time investments are generally on an upward trend so they will go up um so you know most of our money was going to savings but you know we have 401ks that our money was also going into we have pensions we have you know i have separate brokerage accounts that i was using to invest so again every month it was part of my part of my budget right every month a hundred dollars went to investments so i put another hundred dollars in i used it to invest you know if i made money i made money if not i i saw it as an expense to me right in my mind that hundred dollars was an expense because i've spent it now will i get a return at some point in the future maybe but i may also just lose it so that's that's how i sort of work investments and savings uh in in, in my own personal finances i think one thing that you pointed out which is really really important when you're figuring out between savings versus investing, right, is what is your goal in the next one to three years? If your goal is to buy a house and you need to have liquid money and you need it in a savings account, then that makes sense, right? That's what your goal should be working towards and you should put more into savings for that reason. Like that was your goal. You know, if your goal is to buy a car, do the same thing. You know, you want to have that money set aside so that you're okay. Um, a, a good example I could use to illustrate this about like saving up money for this type of like unknown expense was like I bought a car. So before I bought the car, I was in college, like I just graduated. And my dad said, you need a car. I'm going to help you get a car. So, okay, great. Thanks. You're going to help me get a car because I didn't have a car in college, right? I walked everywhere or took the bus. No big deal, right? He, he tells me this and I mean, I just let him kind of do whatever I, I picked the car, but he's like, I'm going to get you a lease because you're probably not going to want it in a few years. So, okay. I wasn't driving very many miles, but at the end of the lease, um, we knew how much the car was going to cost. So, we decided to, okay, we're just going to buy the car because I didn't put very many miles on it. And the amount I was buying the car for was actually under the amount that it was appraised for. So, technically, I was making money back in, in a little bit of a sense. So, I go into the dealership and I say, hey, my lease is coming up You know, at the end of this month. I'd like to buy this car, right? The guy says, okay, cool. You know, let me run a credit report. Okay, here's my information. Run a credit report. He goes, cool. We're, we're going to charge you the price of the car. Let's just say it was 10 grand. And it's going to be a 5% loan. And I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean? Like, why would I pay 5% on a, on a on this car, right? Like, normally cars, car loans are like 1%-ish. Like, well, technically it's a used car. And I was like, yeah, I used the damn thing for the past three years. I'm going to buy it from you, right? Like, th this is the agreement that we signed early on. And like, no, technically it's a used car. So you got to do this, whatever, all this shit. And I was like, okay. So we didn't, I didn't really get anywhere the first time. It was a pain in the ass, like a three hour back and forth. Come in again with my dad because he was a co-signer, right? And then talk to a manager like, yeah, here's the best deal we can give you. They showed us the the screen and they're like you know based on your credit which is pretty high um they're like here you're in the lowest you're in the highest tier of credit whatever so here's the best deal we can give you the best we can give you is like 4.25 and he's like so so let's make a deal and i was like fuck that like why would i do this right i'm just i'm gonna lose money on this basically so i got a little bit pissed off and i said i mean i didn't cuss at the guy but i was like you know screw it um i'll just pay off the entirety of the car i'll cut you a check right now and the guy had this like look of not like terror, but like 
he was he was taken aback by it. he's like you're gonna pay off the car right now and i was like yeah i saved up the price of this i knew the number three years ago i've been saving that number for the past three years in the event that i had to do something like this so they're like oh well if you want to just buy the car outright you don't even talk to us you just send a check to i bought a, a honda like you just send the check to honda and they'll process it for you and I was like, why didn't you tell me that the other two <laughs> times I came in here and said, I want to buy this car? Well, usually when you say you want to buy the car, Matt, they, most people don't just have that money laying around to buy it. Right. And I, I mean, fortunately, my, my dad was able to give me some of the money because um, I paid him back. But because overall, it would have wiped me out. <laughs> but I was just like, you know, I was like, God damn it. Like you. And the thing is, like, they wanted to make money. The way they make money is they turn your you know your lease into another loan and it's a used car loan so now they're making that four percent because they're they're fronting the money back to honda they're making it all this shit right it just goes around and around around so the thing was like because i had saved up for it i knew i was able to make that type of decision because i already knew beforehand here's the money here's what's going to do and i budgeted for it previously saying i'm going to save you know 250 dollars every month um to make sure that that's like off to the side right right so when you when you have more information, you can easily tackle your goals if you have an expense coming up within that like one to three year period where you know you're going to have something, right? You know you're going to buy a house, you know you're going to buy a car, you know you're going to make a, a, a boat purchase, midlife crisis, a motorcycle maybe, whatever you want to do, right? Whatever your goal is, money is just a tool to help you reach that goal. And if you know what's coming in, what's going out, and you have more information, right? And And for me, like me and a shot we're both young so we love using like tools like we've used like mint.com to track stuff right you can see i didn't realize this until i checked yesterday i could see my net worth back when i was in college oh wow because i've been using mint since college so like i went back and like my my net worth in like the year i graduated was like 200 bucks or something like that oh i was in negative dude you're you're lucky well i didn't have my my loans added uh, into in it there. back then yeah so i just had my bank account added which was just a little bit of money i made plus my student loans coming in right and the student loans went to fucking alcohol and random shit anyways because we're stupid <laughs> and don't realize you have to pay all that money back at a high percent right you know you're not really paying you know i like we would we would get our loan money definitely don't do this, this is not recommended at all i would get my loan check once a quarter and I'd be like, all right, all right, boys, we're drinking top shelf tonight. Like, <laughs> and top shelf in college is really just medium shelf shit. But it's like instead of drinking Smirnoff or something, we're drinking Ciroc or whatever, right? And then like, it's all the same shit when you're in college. You don't really care. But uh, it it was it was one of those decisions where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a good job and I'm gonna pay back all this money in the first year, right? And then you realize like, there's a thing called taxes. Yep. And and that a big portion of your money goes to them. And then you also realize that there's a thing called, you know, expenses like rent and gas and, oh, cell phone. And next thing you know, you have all this like, well, I'm making, you know, let's say 50 grand a year, right? I should, I should be able to pay off my loans. And you go, no, no, no. <laughs> Taxes, you're only making, you know, what, like 30, 30 something? Yeah. yeah. 30 grand. And then it's like, well, you got to live somewhere, right? Your rent's 1200 bucks. So then so deduct that. And then deduct grand, that. Maybe. And then yeah. deduct, you know, Taco Bell runs at night and then deduct that. And then eventually you come down to a number where you go, oh shit, I either need to make more money or I need to stop spending money on those things, yep. right? Like the the joke that a lot of people will say, which isn't isn't fair, but a lot of like financial institutions will say, well, you know, if millennials just stop drinking their Starbucks and eating their avocado toast, they they would be fine. They'd be able to budget it. And then like when 
they have issues right like the banks collapse or whatever it's like hey how was that avocado toast maybe i should have budgeted for this better <laughs> you know yeah, when was, financial institutions a... lose money no, no that, that was a good point you know when all this happened and you know or when any of these big name services or companies started uh, going down during this pandemic or any other ones in the past, you know, they're always saying, uh, and you, they're usually run by the older generation, right? Unfortunately, at least some of the more traditional institutions, uh, you know, they're always telling us, like Matt said, you know, have an emergency fund, save your money, stop spending it on avocado toast, etc. But it's crazy that some of these big companies had no money whatsoever in an emergency fund, right? To be able to keep them afloat for the six months, eight months, whatever it is that, uh, that things were closed or like, you know, that business was bad. So if you're starting a company, keep that in mind too, right? It's not only about your personal life and having an emergency fund for your personal life. It's also about any uh, companies that you have or anything big like that. Right, your company should be able to stay afloat for a little bit if an emergency happens, if a pandemic happens, if there's a natural disaster, whatever it is. I mean, yeah, insurance—you might have insurance for some of that stuff, but especially if it's a big enough natural disaster, insurance takes time to pay, um, and you know you're gonna need to survive somehow during that time. I think that was a good discussion around budgeting and savings, Matt. Um, but I think out of this discussion, we should also maybe have another full-on episode on credit, because that's that's a big one. And you mentioned it a little bit with the car loan. Uh, I mentioned a little bit with the home loan, but uh, and with the credit cards. But you know, there's there's a lot about credit that people don't understand, and there there are ways to use credit to your advantage, which. Um, you know, which which should be used. Credit is a very very important tool in building wealth and in um, uh, you know making more money. You just have to use it the right way. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. We'll definitely explore that in the future as well. I mean, people go to college and they major in business finance, and it's a four year degree. We're trying to give it to you in in four or five episodes. We're trying to give you the the, the quick rundown that, that you need at home to be less anxious about it because it can be very scary, right? It can, it, when you're it, it at, is. I mean, man, when I graduated college, opening up my accounts, you know, seeing zero money in savings, seeing all this credit card debt that I had to pay, like, you know, seeing how much interest I was getting charged per month versus how much I was making, it was. It, it, it caused a lot of stress, a lot of unnecessary stress. And there's, you know, this happens all around the country. You know, we see people talking about how student debt is crushing our whole generation. And it's true. People don't see it. You know, people compare it to, hey, when I was in college, I was working a minimum wage job and paying my way through it. Well, when you were in college, you know, college tuition was a 20th of what it is today. And, you know, 20 times more today for college tuition, but minimum wage hasn't increased 20 times more. So, you know, do the math. There's there's a big disparity between how much a college student can make and how much school costs. Yeah. And if you if ex- your expenses are low for college and then you graduate and you get a really high paying job at one of these big corporations right back then, it was all about like longevity within a company and you're making a ton of money. Of course, you're going to look at other people going, well, why don't you just do what I did? 
And you're like, well, that's not available anymore, you know? Yep. People are getting saddled with debt. And that's that's one of the, the big, I think the, the biggest probably factor of it, most people is financial anxiety. Because if you're, if you were like a millionaire tomorrow and you had everything covered, then you could say like, I don't have to work this job as a grocery store worker. I don't have to do X, Y, and Z. Or maybe I could go get a massage or I could go to physical therapy or I could have better health insurance, whatever, right? So helping you get to that, that baseline where you're not worried about your finances will be such a life improvement. I agree. All right, everyone. Thank you again for listening to part trace of finances. Um, we hope you guys are enjoying this this series that we're doing on finances. If you are, you know, leave us a leave us a comment, leave us a review, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is, Spotify. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. So reach out to us. You know, at uh, Anxiety Podcast on Twitter. The Anxiety Podcast on Instagram, the Anxiety Podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. You know, we'd, we'd love to hear from you guys and um, find out what future topics you'd like us to, you know, to do it on. Or if you're not enjoying this at all, let us know that too so we can stop and, you know, not have a part 10 on finances or something. <laughs> anyway, uh, take care, stay safe, stay healthy, stay net positive. <laughs>